0: We're in a series called Epidemic, and in this series, the goal of this series is to help you overcome fear. The most common phrase throughout the Bible is, do not be afraid. And it's in the Bible so much, is that the reason is because we struggle with fear. So many people are paralyzed by fear. So we've been taking several weeks to talk about fear. We've got two more weeks left to help you, your friends, your family, neighbors, co-workers, help them overcome fear in their life. Today I want to talk to you about the fear of hell. There was a man who died and went to hell. And when he got there, he met Satan there, and Satan said, hey, you're in hell, and, and you've got three options. There are three doors I'm going to show you, and you have to select one door, and whatever door you select, you have to spend eternity in that room in hell. He opened up the first door, and the man peeked in, and he saw people standing on their head on a cement floor. He said, oh, that looks painful. Let me see the next room. He goes to the next room, and Satan opens up the door. The man peeks in, and people are standing on their head on a wooden floor. He goes, that looks kind of painful too. Let me see option number three. Satan takes him to door number three, opens up the door, and he glances in, and there's human feces all on the floor up to people's ankles, and people are standing around drinking coffee. He goes, ooh, that doesn't look good either, but I think out of the three, I'll choose choose this room. So we'll go ahead, go on in. So the man went on in and got his cup of coffee, and he was drinking his coffee, and and Satan poked his head back in about two minutes later and said, coffee break is over. On your heads. (laughs) I don't care what you say. That's nasty right there, folks, huh? That is nasty right there. There are so many thoughts and ideas about hell. I've heard so many people talk about hell and all the thoughts and all the theories on hell. And for, for some, hell is a joke. There are some people that would believe in some type of hell, but they would think that, that hell is a, is a joking matter. And then, then for some, uh, hell is a place of manipulation, Some of you grew up in in a church or in an environment or you went to some kind of gathering of people talking about the Bible. And they talked about hell in such a way that it scared the living daylights out of you. You're going to hell now. I'm counting to 10. When I get to 10, you're going to hell. And some of you, when you hear hell, you think about manipulation. And you feel... Manipulated, and that's kind of how you feel about hell. And then there are some who believe that we're living in hell right now. There would be some that would say, "Man, this is hell." Uh, they see the Las Vegas shootings, the, all the violence in the world, the crime, the deaths, the wars, the rumor of wars, the division, the racism, the dissension, and unrest and turmoil in our world. And there are some would say, "Man." This is hell. And then there are some who believe that hell is a fairy tale. There are some that believe hell is just a made up story like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Hell is just a fairy tale like Little Red Riding Hood. And I, I want you to know that I, I don't believe hell is a fairy tale. I, I believe it's a, a real place. And I don't want anyone to go to hell. And if someone chooses to go to hell, I do believe it is a place they ought to fear. In in a few moments, I'm going to talk to Christ followers, to Christians, and I wanna to talk to you about reasons why you don't need to fear hell. I'm gonna explain that to you in a few moments, but, but first I wanna share some reasons why a non-believer should fear hell. Reasons why non believers should fear hell. Fear, fear hell. And let me just say this to you. I don't enjoy uh, preaching on this subject. Um, I'm not talking to you if you're here and you're a first time guest or you're hearing you're not a believer, you're not a Christian. I'm, I'm not talking about this to manipulate you. I'm, I'm not sharing this because I'm angry or because I'm mad, because that's just not the truth. I, I share this out of love, I share this out of compassion. Um, I share this with you today because I want to see everybody go and spend eternity in heaven with the Lord, Um, and I want you to hear my heart today as I share about a subject that for me as a preacher is not one of my favorite things to talk about, but yet I want to be obedient and preach the whole counsel of God's word, and I would also say to all of you students of the Bible, I don't pretend to have everything understood about the afterlife, So from the best of my ability, as I study God's word, I want to do my very best job to help you understand what the Bible says about this subject and this afterlife in a place called hell. And here's here's, here's what I am confident of. If there's one thing I'm confident of about about this place called hell that the Bible describes. And some would say there's some of it an allegory or uh, is all of it literal? And, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna debate that with anybody, but what I can tell you about hell is this number one, and this is the most important thing why a person who doesn't know the Lord should fear hell, and that is hell is total separation from a loving God. That's what we have to understand about hell. It is just a total separation from a loving God. You say, Pastor, what is hell? People being away from God forever is what the Bible calls hell. Hell is simply life without God Forever, it's just total separation from the presence of God. Here's how the Bible describes it in Second Thessalonians chapter one and verse seven. It says, "And so I would say to you who are suffering, God will give you rest along with us when the Lord Jesus appears suddenly from heaven in flaming fire with His mighty angels, bringing judgment on those who do not wish to know God." I want you to notice that, that there are people that are living who do not want anything to do with God. I'm going to come back to that, but I want, I want, to, I want to just point your attention to that. They don't want any, anything to do with God. It goes on to say, and who refuse to accept his plan to save them through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, there are people who live life, and all they do is just reject God. They just refuse God. I'm, I'm going to get back to that in a few moments, but I wanted to point that out to you. Verse 9 goes on to say, they will be punished in everlasting hell. And now the Bible gives us the definition of hell, forever separated from the Lord, never to see the glory of his His power. And friends, we can't imagine, we can't even fathom, we can't wrap our minds around not being in God's presence. You see, right now, God's presence is on the earth. Right now, the Holy Spirit is on the earth. And we can't wrap our minds around not having God's presence on the earth. And there's also on the earth, we realize that there are pockets of darkness and hunger and poverty and disease and violence. It's also on the earth. And and all we can try to do is imagine what would life be like if God just removed his presence. The Bible says Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good thing that we have, whether we are we know God or don't know God, it comes from God's mighty hand. And if you remove God, all of his goodness, all that he is, you're left with a place called hell. The best way that I can try to describe hell to you is in a place called hell where there is no God, there is no presence of God, It's the exact opposite of who God is. None of God's attributes, none of God's characteristics are found in hell. So, if we can find out who God is and you remove all of who God is, you're left with a place the Bible calls hell. Let me explain to you who God is. God is light. Hell is darkness. First John chapter 1, verse 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. That's when God created the heavens and the earth, and it was full of darkness. The first thing God did says, Let there be light. And hell is the exact opposite. It's a place of darkness. Jude, in verse 13, says, they are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars. And then it describes hell, for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Hell isn't just dark. The Bible describes it as the blackest darkness. And that makes sense because if you, you remove God and all that he is, God is light. You're left with absolute darkness. It's a darkness we've never experienced before. And can you imagine spending eternity never being able to see a face again? Just living in pitch black darkness. That would be lonely. That would be depressing. It leads me to a second point about God, and that is this. God is joy. Hell is sorrow. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, it says, you will show me the path of life in your presence, is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Whereas wherever God's presence is, there, there, there's joy in God's presence. And hell is the opposite because there is no presence of God, so there is no, no joy. The Bible describes it like this in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 12, talking about hell. It says, "But the subject, but the subject of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping. Weeping. There's no joy in hell, and this is so important for us to understand, because from time to time I hear I will hear someone say, "Man, I don't care if I go to hell. All I'm going to do is party. I'm going to have me a good time, get drunk, and hang with my friends, and I'm going to have a good time in hell." That's not how the Bible describes it. The Bible says that hell is a place that's filled with darkness and indescribable sorrow for all of eternity people will be weeping and crying and welling and and I can only imagine if if you're in hell you're full of sorrow because you have sorrow over your sin you're looking back at your life and and you're thinking about all of the mistakes and the sin and the choices you made sorrow sorrow over not seeing your loved ones and family sorrow I think the greatest sorrow will be all the times as you're in hell and you start recalling all the moments you rejected God. It's just sorrow. Like Why did I say no to God and his love and his kindness and his grace to me? Just sorrow. A third, a third thing about God is God is peace. Hell is anguish. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says this. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. God is a God of peace. Hell is the exact opposite. There's not an ounce of peace in hell. Just anguish, anxiety, stress, turmoil. The Bible describes it back in Matthew 8, and verse 12, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's so much anguish in hell, the Bible describes it as people just grinding their teeth day and night. I would do that to you, but it irritates my teeth. (laughs) But what I want you to understand that is God is a God of peace. And if you remove God and all that he is, you're left with a place where there is no peace. The Bible describes God as God as a God of comfort. Number four, God's a God of comfort. Hell is a hell is pain. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three says, praise be to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all. Comfort. You remove God, all. He is the God of all comfort that you'll ever experience. He's the God of all comfort, and there's no comfort in hell. There's just pain. Matthew chapter thirteen verse forty-two says they will be. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping. It describes it again. This place called hell as weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hell is a place where there is excruciating heat. It's a place of no comfort. Number five, let's talk about who God is. And if you remove all of who God is, you're left with hell. God gives rest. Hell is restlessness. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Jesus said, come to me. All who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. I'm the kind of God who gives people rest. You remove God and all that he is, you're left with a place called hell. Revelation chapter 14, verse 11. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest day or night, for those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. Hell is a place of extreme weariness. No rest, day or night. Just a place of extreme weariness. Number six, and this is the worst thing for me. When I think about hell, this is the one that just is the worst to me, and that is God is hope. Hell is hopeless. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, describes God in this way. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. The God of hope. God is a God of hope. And then it describes hell in this way. Matthew 25, verse 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. I think the worst thing about hell is that it's forever. Did you notice as it says, some will go to internal punishment, some to eternal life. You see, every single person is going to live forever. Your soul is, is designed to live forever. And the Bible describes that either some will be in a place of eternal punishment. That's what the Bible describes as hell. That's When you remove all of God and all that he is, you're left with a place called hell. And then some to eternal life in a place called heaven. What I want to do for the next few moments is I want to give you three reasons why Christians do not need to fear hell. Three reasons why Christians do not need to fear hell. And here's why because some of you fear hell. You're scared of hell. You're a Christian and you think about hell all the time. As a matter of fact, every Sunday you lift your hand, I'm getting saved again. I, let me, Who, I'm, I want Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. I mean, you just kind of grew up in this, this, this. God just wants to send people to hell. He just, you, just, you, you got a whole wrong view of hell. You got a wrong view of God. And it's got you just living on pins and needles all the time. You just got this wrong view. And you're a Christian. You're, you're a Christ follower. And yet you're just gripped with the fear of hell. And some of that has to do with how you grew up and what, what they taught you. And so what I want to do is give you a right perspective about your God and about a, your, a right perspective about hell as a believer that will help alleviate some of you, the fear of hell that you have. And, and here's the first thing that I want you to understand. Hell was not created for people. It was not created for people. You need to understand this. Matthew 25, verse 41 says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, Satan's angels are called demons. Demons. And hell was created for the devil and his demons. Hell was not designed or created with people in mind. It was created for Satan and his demonic forces. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, let me just give you a little, a little context and history. One, uh, Satan, years and years ago, lived in heaven with God. He had free will, just like you and I have free will. And Satan, he was the leader of the music department, and he decided to rebel against God. And he rebelled against God. He made the choice. I don't want to follow you. I want to do my own thing. And then he's convinced a third of the angels to follow him, his demons. And God kicked them out of heaven and designed a place called hell for the devil and his demonic forces. It was not created for people. But you have to understand this. But, but people can go to hell if they choose like the demons to reject God's kindness and to reject God's love and choose to follow Satan and his ways. But it was not designed for people. There's a second thing that I want you to understand about God and about hell, and that is God is not trying to send people to hell. He's trying to keep people from hell. Some people are fearful of hell because they think a loving God is trying to send people to hell. It's amazing. I'll, I'll hear Christians talking like that. I mean, God just, He just can't give me kick you on in the to hell. Oh, get on down there. And like, God is looking for technicalities to send people to hell. Oops. Oop. Yep. You did it. Going down there. I mean, that's how people view God. Oh, ah, ah, ah. Yep. Messed up. Going to hell. Go. On. Well, I'm watching. I'm watching you close. I'm watching you. I'm like, oh, made a mistake today. Hell for you. Don't you get in a car accident. Ha, 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 ha. You die we'll take you get to hell. I mean, that's, what, that's people's view. I'm like, God is not trying to send people to hell, He's trying to keep people from hell. You say, well, Pastor, why would a loving God send anybody to hell? I mean, Pastor, what about sweet Aunt Edna? She's a sweet old lady. She never hurt anybody. She makes pies and cakes and cookies for everybody. She's so kind and so sweet. I mean, she didn't want anything to do with church or anything to do with God. She didn't didn't know God, but I mean, she's the sweetest little lady you ever met. Why would God send somebody like that to hell? Pastor, the God I know and the God I serve is a loving God. I don't believe in a God who would send Aunt Edna to hell. But oftentimes what we fail to understand is is the other side of the story. You see, Aunt Edna, from time to time when she was a little girl, she would go to church sometimes on Easter or sometimes on on Christmas, and, and God would be speaking to her heart. And Aunt Edna decided, you know, I don't... I don't need God. I don't I don't want God. And, and as she was growing up as a teenager, a couple of her friends talked to her about God. And Edna and was like, nah, that's just not for me. I don't really, I don't really do the God thing. And she said no, no to God. And as Aunt Edna was living life, she took some vacations and she went and she saw the mountains and she actually saw the ocean. And God was speaking to Aunt Edna through creation. And God was speaking to her. I created this. I love you. And, and Edna said, ah, I don't need God. It's not for me. And Edna, as she, was, she was living life. And got older in years, her friends started to die off, and she would go to their funerals. And at the funeral services, she would hear the message, and God would whisper to her heart, Edna, I love you. I love you. And He was drawing Edna, and she was, ah, that's just not me. No, I'm not, I don't need God. I don't want God. And Edna came to the end of her life, and a thousand different times she locked the door of her heart on God. God did not send Edna to hell. She chose to go to hell. She said no to God a thousand times. And God was doing everything that he could to reach her. People choose to go to hell. And God just gives people exactly what they want. Aunt Edna wanted life without God. She wanted nothing to do with God. And God just gave her what she wanted. Life without him. Here's how the Bible describes this. Just just how God will just give people exactly what they want. It's called free will. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look mortal, uh, look, look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over. That's the, that's the line I want you to notice. God gave them over to what they wanted. God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, notice this, God gave them over. God just gave them over. To shameful lust, even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, notice this, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Did you notice just how the Bible emphasizes that God gave them over. In, in other words, if you want to really live outside of God's will, if, if you really want to live outside of God's presence and knowledge, God will let you do that. It's, it's called free will. But you have to understand that God doesn't send people to hell. People choose hell. That They choose life without God. C.S. Lewis described it like this. The doors of hell are locked from the inside. God doesn't send people to hell. Matter of fact, God is doing everything he can to rescue people from hell. Friends, God sent the Holy Spirit John chapter 16, verse 8 says, when he comes, the Holy Spirit, if you're, you're new to Bible study, this verse is referring to when Jesus would die on the cross. In this verse, he had not died yet, but then he died and he rose again. He went back to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit. So so in the, when Jesus says this, he had not sent the Holy Spirit, but he's saying, I'm going to, and he already has. When he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will prove or convict the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit has been on the earth for over 2,000 years convicting people of their sin because God's doing everything that he can. I want you to understand something about your heavenly father. He's convicting your family members because he loves them. He's convicting your friends because he loves them. Listen, if you don't know God today because he loves you, he's convicting you. He's drawing you to himself. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He's doing everything that he can. I want you to understand that God's extremely patient with us because he's doing everything he can to reach us. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, and the promise is that Jesus is coming. He's coming back for his church. It says, as some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone, come on, all of our campuses, everybody say everyone. Sometimes we have in our mind, you know, that uncle, that ain't my grandma. My aunt, that, uh-uh. No, God wants everyone to come to repentance. God wants everyone to be saved. That means God is doing everything he can to save people from their sins. It is wrong thinking to think that God is just looking to send people to hell. That's not true. God is patient, and he's doing everything to keep people from hell. There's a third truth that I want you to understand today, and that is this. God created heaven for you. He created heaven for you. Let me describe what the Bible says in John chapter 14 and verse number 1 through 4. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. My father's house has many rooms. Come on, everybody say many. Oh, okay, yeah, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that, 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 that I am going there to prepare. Everybody say prepare. prepare. Prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you, may, you also may be where I am. Here's what I want you to understand what God is doing. Understand something about God. Heaven is a populated place. I hear some people say, no, nah, there's just two or three people going to be there. No, nah, you got to, uh-uh. The scripture I just read said there are many rooms. Why are there many rooms? Because heaven is a populated place. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9 describes heaven and it says, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every tribe and nation and people and language. That's why People's Church, come just like you are. Come on, I don't care if you're red, yellow, black or white, Republican, Democrat, independent. I don't care where you live. It doesn't matter to me. Listen, you're welcome at People's Church. Heaven is a populated place full of many people. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Heaven is a populated place. Number two, heaven is a prepared place. Let me talk to you about heaven. It's a prepared place. The scripture I read to you, Jesus said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I like how it's personal. Jesus, said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I can't wait to see his prepared place for me. He's he's, he's in heaven working right now on my prepared place. I can't wait to get there. I've been waiting to see my 150-inch TV that I've always wanted. I'm going to be eating fried rabbit and fried quail and fried squirrel and fried chicken and chitterlings every day. Chitlin, somebody, come on, with Louisiana hot sauce, and I'm going to be healthy after eating it. Come on now. And then I'm going to top it off with eggnog milkshakes. Hey! Every day, eggnog. Glory to God, I'm getting happy. Heaven is a prepared place. Heaven is a presence place. Not only is it a populated place, not only is it a prepared place, heaven is a presence place. The scripture I read to you, Jesus said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you so I can come back so that you may be where I am. What makes heaven heaven? The gold streets. What makes heaven heaven? The mansions. What makes heaven heaven is that we're going to be with Jesus and see him face to face forever and ever and ever. And the Bible describes it like this. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Thank God this earth going to pass away. For the first heaven and earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared. It's a prepared place as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them they will be his people and god will himself will be with them and be their god we're gonna be with jesus we're gonna see him face to face we're gonna live in god's presence forever and ever and ever and verse 4 says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes there's no sorrow in heaven there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away when god looks at you he says let me tell you what i want to do let me tell you what's in my heart for you i want to prepare a place for you called heaven. You want to know what's in my heart is to get your room ready. You want to know what's in my heart is to prepare that 50, inch, 150 inch TV for you. You know what's in my heart is heaven for you. That's God's heart for you.